Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is coming from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of the truth, that we should be kind, be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. The word of God. Thank you. The letter of James. And we're studying it as a church uh, this this fall. And uh, last week, we took a look at testing, at, at trials, trials and testing. And so today, today is sort of like a continuation of that topic. Um, you could think of it as like a sequel or, or like a spinoff of last week's sermon. So let me just take a moment and say, on our church website, we have a sermon library, and that is where you can go and find our whole library. Just about every sermon over the last number of years uh, has been uh, placed in there. You can go back and, and check it out. And so um, today we get to talk about temptations. Woo! Temptations. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a disclaimer, um, we are taking a general approach to this topic of temptations, meaning like we can't get into the weeds of every person's temptations, all the different styles and genres and the different flavors of temptations. And so I just invite all of you to listen in and put yourself into this sermon today. Your job is for you to listen and examine your heart and mind as we walk through these five verses today in the letter of James. And as a, a, a further disclaimer, talking about temptations might make you feel yucky today, might make you, make you feel weird in some way. Um, the good news is we all face temptations, and so we're all in this together. And so before I go on anymore, let me just pray, uh, bless this sermon, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this beautiful day. You are creator. You are the provider, the sustainer of life. You are good and you do good things. You do things well. And God, as we just tune our hearts and minds to you, as we examine our own life today over the next 25, 30 minutes, Lord, I just pray Holy Spirit, that you would counsel us, you would, you would bring the coaching that we need, the encouragement that we need. If we need uh, to be led into a time of lament or repentance, that you would just graciously and ki kindly uh, lead us there, Lord. Um, once again, though, God, point us to good news today. 
bring us your encouragement, bring us your grace and your love. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so what is a temptation? What is a temptation? And this is one of those words that might be harder to define and describe than, than we realize. And so I just have a few noodles to throw on the wall here. Uh, temptation is something that provokes us to rebel. It, it provokes us to do something that is wrong. It's a disturbance in the compass of our values and beliefs. Okay, so, so yeah, we have beliefs, we have values, we have a value system in our head, and a temptation is a disturbance in there. It's a beckoning call to, for us to give in, usually a short-term desire that goes against God's way of things. All right, it's an unrighteous shortcut. Now, it's important to know up front that temptation in itself is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. And we know Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, 40 days in the wilderness, that narrative, and he passed through it without sinning. Now, some, some temptations we can ignore just fine. They come our way and they float away just fine, no problem. Other temptations, however, they come our way and they have a more captivating presence. Perhaps as they, they come into our life, maybe we see them coming, maybe they're intrusive. But then we start to notice them, and we notice them a little too much. And then before we realize, it's like, oh, oops, I've already started to give this temptation more power than it ought to have. It doesn't mean you sin, but, but there are some temptations, like even just turning your head a little bit, you're already giving it too much power. Uh, and, and then simply, when we fight off temptations, urges and, and all of that, when we fight off temptation, well, we all know that's not the end of it. Because sometimes there is the aftermath, the aftershock, and that can be messy too. Like, a temptation comes and we resist. Good job. We resist, we don't give in, we're good. But then we realize, like, oh, I didn't like that. I feel weird. I feel yucky. I, I, I feel defeated. I, I resisted, but why do I feel defeated? Well, C.S. Lewis would actually remind us here that there is a difference between temptation and affliction. That feeling afterwards, that weird feeling, that, that feeling of weakness after fighting a temptation... That's a type of affliction, according to C.S. Lewis. And the good news is, from the Bible, if we share the afflictions of Christ, we also share the comfort of Christ. And then, kind of just continuing this, another challenge for us is this. Okay, we resist a temptation. But again, instead of that being the end of it, what we do, because we're so creative is somehow a, a mutant temptation then pops up. And this mutant temptation then proceeds to tempt us into falling into a shame spiral, guilt, fear spiral. We can just make ourselves 
sick. And the original temptation isn't even like an issue anymore. It's because we just somehow created these mutant temptations. And it's real messed up, isn't it? And every once in a while, when we're tempted, the temptation then is to blame others, to blame our past, blame our parents, blame God even. And this is where church leader James, early church pillar James, this is where he speaks up and he wants to shut that down. This is our first point today. Trust in God's goodness. He is not out to get you. For James, he absolutely rejects the possibility that the God of Israel, the God who Jesus knows, the God who James worships, that, that God would maliciously put stumbling blocks in front of people. Verse 13 says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. God's not tempted by evil. God is incapable of enticing people with evil. Trust in God's goodness. He's not out to get you. Now, the important nuance here is that God does allow things to come our way. God does allow our faith to be tested. And testing is to be seen as a positive thing. Testing is for the promotion of our own development and, and growth. Now, there, there are stories, there is, there's evidence, examples. Okay, God himself tested Abraham in Genesis whole sacrifice Isaac story. God sometimes allows our faith to be tested. Now, thankfully, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 reminds us that we are never pushed beyond our limit and that God provides some sort of way out so that we can endure. Yes, God allows testing, but in terms of like a, a, a temptation that is wrapped up in evil, no, 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 that's, that's not from God. God is not out to get you. The vital point to know is this, that God himself is never the source of temptation. He will never tempt you with evil. You got that? And James is banking this off of God's character. God is good. God is good. Completely resistant to evil. Again, he's not out to get you. You can trust and his goodness. Do you believe that? You can trust. You can believe and not doubt. You can have a, a faithful confidence that God is good. And so where does temptation come from? It comes from anywhere, right? It can just spring up from, from anywhere. Temptation. Can we blame it all on the devil? Well, there's biblical evidence that the devil and his leagues of demons are on the prowl. The devil is a liar. It's his nature. You know, he wants to fill your heart and mind with lies or perhaps try to keep the truth out. The devil's nature is to kill, steal, and destroy. He plays the antichrist game of, of going after the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. But here's the thing. Talking about the devil, demonology, really opening up a, a conversation on the problem of evil, getting into some hardcore apologetics. That's not what James is going to do. 
James grounds the source of our temptation in our own depraved anthropology. James says in verse 14, each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own desires. And so our second point today is this. Know that the origin of temptations, it comes from us. It comes from the the darkness inside of us, the dark desires inside of us. The actual source of temptation is not God. It's not the devil. It comes from the dark parts of who we are. We all have this wicked compass inside of us that is pre-programmed to point towards evil things. Sure, others, other things, the devil might play a role, but baked into who we are as a fallen human being, we are the source of our own evil desires. The responsibility is our own. The key word is our own evil desire. We get dragged away. We get trapped by our own evil desires that come from ourselves. You hear that? We create both the bait and the hook. We are both the driver and the pothole at the same time. Now, in our immaturity, again, as a defense mechanism, we, we might want to blame our past, blame something else, someone else. We try to explain, and, and James says, no, you are the explanation. The person you get to blame for your evil desires is yourself. We are all wretched. And then James, he gives us this imagery to help get the point across. Verse 15. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So here's our third point. And this is something I want you to think about and contemplate. That desire has the power to give birth to sin. Sin, when it runs its course, it leads to death. Now, with this imagery and sensitivity here, of those who've had miscarriages and, and stillbirths. You know, we, we have to wrestle with this, this imagery of, of birth and death and dying. Our desires have the power to give birth to sin. Remember, temptation in itself is not a sin, but it has power. Power. Power to give birth to sin. Sin is missing the mark. We could spend a long time talking about sin, trying to unpack that one. Wrongdoing, rebellion against God. Sin, we find out, can grow up. It can grow legs and walk around. It can do its thing. And when sin has achieved its goal, it leads to death. And again, we could take our time and go through the whole Bible and pick out all the sins that the Bible talks about. The Bible does give us some some uh, list of sins. All right, you can think about those those lists. You might be familiar with them. Some of them are you know sexual sins, impurity sins, idolatry sins, a lot of relational sins, hate, rage, even things like witchcraft and so on. But but here's the thing: any sin, if left unrestrained, it leads to ruin. 
any sin left unchecked, if it's allowed to grow up, if it's allowed to do its thing, if it, it wants to achieve its goal, and it's going to lead to ruin. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Now, last week, we, we learned when our faith is tested, it produces endurance. And if we keep up the good work, if we keep enduring, if we keep growing up in Jesus, if we keep developing spiritual formation, discipleship, as we mature, again, as we grow up, grow up in Jesus, we'll hopefully reach this achievement of being complete and lacking nothing. That was last week, right? We talked about that. Being a mature disciple means you can powerfully ignore and just toss away the temptations. You know, return to sender. Don't need it. You can do it with power. You can do it with ease. Ephesians 3.16, Paul uses this language. I like how he, he... frames it. It's, it's the strengthening of the inner man, the strengthening of the inner person, the Holy Spirit giving us that strength, that power from the inside out. And so, yeah, as mature Christians, as we grow up in Jesus, yeah, I'm going to endure this trial, this test, this temptation. I'm going to get through it. I don't need it. It's junk. I'm growing up in Jesus, right? You know, like there, there's a maturity, there's a strength, there's a Jesus power at work there. Now, in contrast today, in contrast, I want you to see that James 1.15 is the other side. The upside down. The upside down of the disciple's life. And let me be stark. Our sins have the, have the, have the power to achieve their goal. The goal is death. Desires can produce sin. Our sinful desires left unchecked, they can grow. They can overwhelm our imagination. They can eventually just consume and control our words, our actions, our decisions. How are you guys doing? Earlier this week, I was like in the middle of writing this sermon and processing and I bumped into one of y'all, and, and, and they were like, hey, are you okay? And I, I had to share. I'm like, well, I'm writing my sermon, and I didn't get to the good news yet. Like, I'm still in the thick of just, like, talking and thinking and processing about temptations. And so now I share that with you. We're talking about temptations. I hope you guys are doing Okay. But he's ready for good news. I'm ready for good news. James is ready now to point us to good news. After this reminder of the dark parts of who we are, and trust me, sometimes that, we just we don't want to hear that. We like we we just don't want that. But we have to hear this stuff sometimes. We have to be reminded of the dark parts of who we are, and then James gives us a better narrative to know and believe. Now, Taking a step out of the text here for a second, the, the, the letter of James has no direct narrative to it. As you 
read through James, you'll, you'll notice that it, it comes across more as like a, a collection of wisdom statements. Now, a story-formed people, like, like, like narratives are important to us, a story-formed people, this, yeah, this is why James comes across kind of, kind of chunky, just chunky wisdom statements. But this is where uh, New Testament scholar Joel Green, he points out, he says, hey, if you know the larger story of the Bible, if you know the grand narrative of the Bible, that's going to be helpful here. Because what you can actually do is take James's wisdom and overlay it with other narratives in the Bible. And as Bible students, you know that, yeah, sometimes we, we zoom in and we do word studies. Other times we have to zoom out and look at the larger narrative of the Bible. And that's what we're doing right now. After talking about trials and temptations, and now James indirectly, he points us back to the story of creation. James says, don't be deceived or meaning like, like don't wander. Don't get this wrong, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And so now let me give you the fourth and final point for today. Believe that God is a continuously good provider. He gives life by his word of truth. By calling God the father of lights, we are reminded that God is creator. That God is the provider. That God created heavenly bodies that illuminate the earth. Hello, sun. The sun provides light and energy and warmth for our planet. The heat and light from the sun makes life possible here on this planet. The, the moon is the earth's night light. And the stars and the planets, or at least back in the day, they helped with like navigation and keeping time. From the creation narrative, as we remember that story. God saw his work and it was good. And now James is praising his creator, the one who gives good and perfect gifts. God says, let there be light. And if we give ourselves a moment, if we allow our little poor hearts to slow down and have a moment, God says, let there be light, and there are streams of light that are good and perfect, that flow through our life, our families, our churches, and beyond. And you know, unlike the heavens that do change and turn, God does not change. In physics, in astronomy, yeah, we, we know that only half of the globe can face the sun at a time. All right? But here's the thing. God's light, the reach of God's light is everywhere. With the Father of lights, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And James says, the Father of lights gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of, of creation, of all his creatures. 
We just spent time talking about human depravity, brokenness. And now James is smacking us with good news here. He is. He's bringing us good news about who God is and what God does. God brings life, light. God brings us into new life, true life. And he shows us off as his new creations. Recreations. Remade in the image of Jesus. Now church, temptations are temporary. But let me encourage you. You can tell each temptation that comes your way. That God is continuously good. And he is the giver of new and true life. God doesn't bring temptations. God brings light. You hear that contrast? Desire gives birth to sin. Sin leads to death. God gives new birth, new life to us. God is the giver of new and true life. In every temptation that comes our way, that's a crossroad moment for you. For you to believe in God. To believe in who he is and what he does. That he is the giver of new and true life. When a temptation comes your way, that is an opportunity for you to step out in faith. And believe that he is good. He is enough. Whatever that temptation is, you don't need it. Now everyone has signature temptations. Custom made. To get you right in your weakness. As we continue to be disciples of Jesus. The goal here is for us to quicken our reaction time. To remember that God is good. And that God has a a spotlight of truth for us to focus on. Temptations try to smother, but God has a torchlight of goodness and truth. Temptation is an opportunity for us to implement in the God who already won. And let me just tell you, don't wait until a temptation comes to try to muscle up and and, and grow and develop and all of that. This is where devotional time. Prayer time. Coming together as a church. Small groups. Reading books. Listening to worship music. All all the good stuff. Feed your soul. Strengthen yourself on the temptation. Or excuse me. Strengthen yourself on the practice field. Because when you're on the the game field. When temptations come. It's, it's, it's about reaction. It's situational Christianity. It's that, that reaction time. Hey, Jesus, take this away. I don't need it. I have you. God, shine your truth. Shine your life, your light, your love on me. Help me to shift on things that matter and not this temptation. Temptation is an opportunity To practice belief. To believe and not doubt. That God is who he says he is. That he's good. 
and temptations are garbage. Allie, can you play in the background here? I originally wrote a different ending to this message, but I decided to switch it up and do something different here. We're just going to end in a time of meditation. We've got Allie playing in the background. I'm just going to say some words and in prayer in your thought life contemplate and, and think through it. God's word says no one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. You can trust in God's goodness. He's not out to get you. Each person is tempted when he or she is drawn away and enticed by their own desire. Know that the origin of temptations, it comes from us. The dark desires inside of us. desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and when sin is fully grown it gives birth to death contemplate this contemplate this desire has the power to give birth to sin and sin when it runs its full course it leads to death how does that make you feel this wrong, brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. It does not change like the shifting shadows. By his choice, by his own choice, he gave you birth by the word of truth so that you would be a kind of first fruit of his creation. Believe that God is continuously good. He is a continuously good provider and gives life by his word of truth.
according to the riches of your glory. I ask that you would strengthen us with power, our inner person, through the Holy Spirit, through the word of truth. We ask that your son, Jesus Christ, would dwell in our hearts through faith. Dear God, help us to believe confidently. We want confident hearts, Lord. May our roots grow deep into you. To sink deep into the living waters, Lord. If we're thirsty, God, I pray that you would provide the living water. If we are hungry, you would provide the manna. We ask that you would firmly establish us in love. Help us to know the length and the width and the height and the depth of your love. Help us to know it to be true. That Jesus Christ's love, it surpasses knowledge. And I just pray that we would be filled, Lord, filled, overflowing with the fullness of God. Remind us that we are overcomers. Let us be victorious over temptations. Father, we love you. Thank you for shepherding us today. In your name we pray, amen.